0: Today, we're talking about seven practical ways to bring peace to your worried head. You're listening to Smart Good, a podcast show for entrepreneurs with a big heart. My name is Noel Rhodes, and I co-host this show with my dad, Todd Polinak, a business consultant for over 30 years. So I guess he knows a few things. And together, we talk about what it means to live the upgraded American dream, which is making money while making a difference in this world. So listen in as we discuss how to not let your head get in the way of your heart, because we need more people to do more good these days. Smart good, that is. And we'll help you cultivate just the right thinking to make this world a better place. lot of worry. Me too. I could really worry about anything. Me too. So, well, you've got the solutions. So why don't you drop them here? I don't
1: have all the solutions, but I have some ideas (laughs) and none of which are original. Most of which I've tried. Some have been successful and some have not, but you're holding out for hope. (laughs) I think that you got to do something. You can't just give in. That's good. So do you, um, you're too young in most of the listeners may be too young to remember a magazine called MAD.
0: Oh, no, I know MAD
1: Magazine. That's because you grew up in my house. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. So MAD Magazine, do you remember who was the person who is the uh, icon for MAD Magazine?
0: He's that little boy.
1: Yep. Yeah. With like weird teeth. He has His name was Alfred E. Newman. Oh, okay. And do you know what his tagline was? No. His tagline was... What me worry? That was his (laughs) tagline. Okay. So that kind of fits in with this. All right. So do you want me to just start?
0: Yeah, because I want to know what I need to do to help my worried head go away.
1: So the first thing is to manage your R. So if you want to really take this and break it down, there is very little that you have control of when it comes to... um, your life—that's you, not very encouraging. No, it's not. <laughs> you um, can't always control the situation, right? And you can't always—you can't always control the outcome. Okay. The only thing you can really control is your response. Is that the R? That's the R. Okay. To manage your R is to manage your response. Response. So if you start with that premise, this is the first part of dealing with worry, and you think of, well, what's the right response? Because I can't deal with, I can't, you really don't have control of the outcomes of most things. It's just, right. it's reality. What you got to get your, wrap your mind around that this is reality. Right. And the situations that come up are often out of your control. Right. But your response is always in your control. That's right. what it means to manage your R.
0: Okay. So manage your own response. Right. When you're feeling weird, you could say, well, I'm not going to respond with, you know, well, unfounded anxiety. I'm going to respond with maybe getting some more information or...
1: Right, which is what we're going to cover. So I wanted to kind of frame that, although it's okay. part of the yeah. seven, that that really is where you start. You it's have just, to start there. You have to start with understanding that it's about your response. Okay. I mean, I'm living this in the moment right now. So, yes. um the, the next thing is when you're faced with a difficult situation, come up with the best solution to attack it and put all your effort in that. If you, you really focus on how to attack the situation, you're not going to have a, a, any time to really worry about it. So right. you you focus on um, realistically addressing it and then you won't have time to worry about it. because. What happens with worry is that it occupies your mind. Right. So if you do something else with your mind, like practically figure out how you're going to deal with this, it's going to relieve the worry.
0: You know, I think that's a really good point that I think I've done by accident. I remember last year I was having some very weird pain and I just decided I'm not going to worry about it. I'm going to go to a doctor. And actually the first doctor diagnosed me wrong and I wound up having unnecessary surgery. But when I still had the pain, I was like, well, it must not be from the first surgery. It has to be something else. And so I went to the doctor and I had a second surgery. And that did solve the problem. There you go. I didn't... I, I, trying to be proactive really helped me from not being preoccupied with anxiety. Right. So that's good. I like that.
1: The next one is... Um, it's figure out... The worst thing that could possibly happen
0: oh gosh
1: <laughs> and believe it or not that really is helpful like what is the worst thing that, that could happen and then accept that accept the worst thing that could possibly happen to say okay this could happen I accept that it could happen I'm going to just accept it but then put all your efforts into how to fix it so it's a little bit of a, a somewhat related to the first the second one I just said but it's it but once you really get to the root of what's really the worst and that can happen sometimes that also helps you to realize that it's not life and death sometimes it is life and death but and that also you just need to be able to accept it so I'm going to accept this but I'm going to do everything I can to focus on not allowing it to happen but if the worst if I'm not successful this is what's going to happen
0: well I think Answering that question, what is the worst that can happen, sometimes you realize, oh, it's not even that bad. If this if the worst happens, it means we miss our flight and we get there late,
1: yeah. but nobody's died. Nobody's died and, and look, so you if, if you if you address it that way, what, what can you do in the moment and how would can you adjust to it? But you'll find that if you really look at life from that perspective we tend to amplify all the things that could go wrong in our life. So since we amplify them, then just take them all the way to the extreme yeah. and ask the question: Is that really go- Is that likely to happen? Right. And okay, I accept that. I'll accept the worst that will happen is this, and that. But I'm going to go back to the second item and do everything I can to attack this issue and right. and see what I can find as a solution.
0: It's good. Number
1: the, four. The number four one is. I'm borrowing this from um, from another author, um, who talks about living in day-tight compartments. What? So yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so they used to in in um, in ships and in cruise lines in the past, yeah. or in any ship for that amount. For that amount, they structured a ship so that. Their compartments are sealed so that if there's a leak in the ship, it doesn't sink the whole ship. It just sinks a compartment in the ship. Okay. what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, this is Dale Carnegie. Uh, he wrote a whole book, if you ever want to read it, on um, how to... how to, I think it's called How to Live and Not Worry or something like okay. that. He, had, he did a whole book on worry. I
0: think people might know him.
1: Yeah. He's <laughs> worth reading. He's over 100 years ago, but it, it's... I right, think it's about hundred years ago, but he's definitely worth listening to. Okay, um, but the discussion is that if you live in a day tight um, compartment, that means that you just consider w- what you need to worry about today. Right, because we tend to worry about things that are out in the future, some of which we know are going to happen, and some right. most of which uh, you know we don't know. So you. Deal with the trouble that you're going to need to deal with today, yeah, and let tomorrow, you know, deal with itself because tomorrow there may be a whole new set of circumstances that you never anticipated.
0: Right. Yeah, I think it, that's great. That's a, that's. It sounds like Dale's got some good ideas.
1: He does. He also wrote the book on um, how to win friends and influence people. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's an interesting story.
0: Number five, dad.
1: Number five is remember the big picture, that 85% of what we worry about never happens. And the 15% that does, uh, most of it is out of our control anyway. Right. So in the end, you're going to find out that a lot of the things that you worried about, you know, just never happened. It just never came to that pass. Yeah. So... That's
0: so you said eighty five percent usually never happens.
1: Never happens. And fifty
0: percent you had no control over, anyways. Right. Your worry did not to keep it from happening, nor did it bring it on.
1: Right. So if you used your time to figure out the other steps I just mentioned, yeah, you will at least feel less stressed out and have become a better problem solver. That's See good. the struggles and issues of our life. If we take them in a productive way, can actually help us become better at life better at business because we learn how to problem solve Mm. but worry basically does nothing more than um, makes us feel either that flight or flight or fight syndrome which is just robbing us of life yeah so that's keep in mind the big picture is the, the next one keep in mind the big picture number six number six take a walk and just listen and observe what is around you Sometimes just walking will give you peace of mind from your worried head and often it brings answers that you're seeking. So by walking, I mean take a 20-minute walk and don't even try to figure out your problems, just walk.
0: Yeah. I definitely feel like uh, when I am walking or running on a regular basis, I am able to problem solve through my anxiety much easier. Yep.
1: Yep. So walk. Or you can ride your bike, but the point is get outside and do something and let what you see and observe as you're walking help you. And that's that's good. That's my number. That's a good one if you're
0: feeling overwhelmed by the worry. And you can't even like try to figure out a solution. Just do that one. Just go for a walk. Get outside. Okay, give us the last one.
1: Number seven is get the perspective of a valued friend, colleague, or your significant partner um, by unloading what you're worried about. Sometimes expressing it to another person actually unloads the burden.
0: Sometimes saying it out loud makes it smaller.
1: Yeah. Well, you know I unloaded on you before this podcast. Yes, you did. I had to give you
0: your jasmine tea.
1: Yeah, but you didn't put any vodka in it, which is probably...
0: Next time.
1: Probably not would have been a bad idea at this point. But mm-hmm. just sharing... And it and doesn't mean that you tell people the thing you're worried about so that you can get the solution, although that may come. It's just even just igno- saying it to somebody is is cathartic.
0: Yeah, yeah, just saying. I mean, this is why you need have friends.
1: That's right, or a very good pet.
0: Or a very good pet. Yeah. Actually, I <laughs> heard that if you stare into your pet's eyes... For 30 seconds or something, your blood pressure goes down.
1: I may have to take (laughs) Banksy and stare into his eyes today a couple of times.
0: I try to stare into Jakey's eyes, and it makes him uncomfortable.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He wonders why you're staring at him.
0: (laughs) So, yeah, I think you do have to have people that you can just share with what you're going through and what you're worried about and, you know, and, and let them just be an encouragement to you. And sometimes they may even have the solution. You never know.
1: You never know. Well... The solution may come to you just by talking to them. So that's like talk therapy. Yeah, talk therapy. (laughs) And if you don't have to pay them, it's even better. It's even better. I think there are practical ways
0: to bring peace to your worried head. Don't feel bad if you feel worried. I think most of us get worried sometimes. But if you can navigate it and have some practical tools like the ones you mentioned, you're way ahead of most people.
1: Right. Absolutely.
0: No. Don't try to use the alcohol
1: and use it sparingly. Sparingly. I mean, it's it's not going to solve anything. No, it's it's it just it's it's a, if you're turning to alcohol or drugs or whatever other addictions to deal with your worry, then you probably um, you're going down a very unhealthy path because you're not going to really bring what you need in order to solve your problems. You're only going to be delaying them.
0: And I think what's the encouraging thing that I felt as you were talking is that. There are there are things within yourself that you can do. Right.
1: There's a, much more than what I listed. Too. Of course, of course, there's but entire lectures and books on on dealing with worry. Yeah.
0: What was, was one by Dale Carnegie? Let's just say it one more time.
1: Um, How to stop worrying and start living. I think is the name of his book. All right. And it's was I think it was written around the 1930s. So it's not quite a hundred years old, but it's almost. Well, maybe it was written in the nineteen forties or fifties. But the point is that it's, and it's it's sort of dated in its language, but and but for the most part, I think it's a pretty solid book. The principles don't change.
0: That's right. The principles don't change. Okay, so those are some really great practical ways to bring peace to your worried head. And I'm just gonna jump in here and give you a few tips if you're like me and worrying is your Olympic sport. You are very good at it, it's your superpower, you can worry about anything, and sometimes I think when we're prone to worry, we almost need to do a couple things to even be able to try some of these practical ways to bring peace to our worried head. So if you don't mind, I'm just gonna jump in here and share with you three tips. Tip number one for those of us who are super good at worrying, okay? The first thing we need to do is recognize that not all worry is bad. In fact, worrying in itself is, is not terrible, especially if something legitimately is concerning. The real problem with worry is when it becomes obsessive and when it becomes unfounded, okay? So, if you're worrying about something that's probably not going to happen, but is a very small possibility it might happen and it's completely plaguing your mind and keeping you up at night, that's unchecked crazy worry, all right? But then there's worrying like maybe somebody in your family's sick and they're in the hospital and the prognosis isn't good. That worry is, you know, normal worry. It's its a natural response to a difficult or uncertain situation. The feelings of worry can vary greatly. Some people actually feel nauseous in their stomach. Some people lose their appetite. Some people uh, can't stop eating. Some people lose sleep. Some people want to sleep all the time. Some people actually exhibit worry by showing anger There are lots of different ways that people show their worry. So it's important to actually recognize that and recognize that not all worry is bad. It's just sort of indicating that something is going on. Is it an outward external circumstance or is it an internal struggle? Very important. And that leads us to tip number two. When worry seems to be overwhelming, okay, and we just can't move forward and we're just having all these thoughts and imagining all kinds of terrible things happening, an important thing to do is stop and say, why is this becoming the most pressing thought in my mind? look, worry doesn't just come out of nowhere. There is an actual root that your worry is connected to. There's a reason why you're feeling these feelings of anxiety, your concern. There is a reason. Now, whether or not it's legitimate is completely, um, I guess, dependent on what's going on, but you need to recognize that. You need to say, hey, okay, I'm feeling worried And this is an indication of something going on. And so what is the reason behind the indication? Why am I feeling this way? Is there a real concern that I might lose my job? Is there a real um, danger that I might be facing? If we don't recognize it, that's when it begins to grow and become out of control. When we're not willing to kind of dive deep into those emotional waters and become a little bit more self-aware in the moment... What happens is the worry just gets out of control, and then it's very difficult to apply the practical steps and ways that my dad mentioned earlier that will bring peace to your worried head because you're just so consumed with the obsessive thinking of what can go wrong. So interrupt your worry with the question, why? Why am I feeling this concerned, anxious, worried? And don't really let yourself off the hook, wait until you can give yourself an answer. You can do this a bunch of different ways. One of my favorite ways to sort of ask myself, why am I worrying, is simply I just sit down with a journal and I just start writing everything I'm feeling inside. Just sort of, you know, just dump all the emotions on the paper. And eventually I tend to kind of find myself and find what is really going on here. Is this an insecurity thing? Is this a real issue? What is going on? When you get to the why, you can actually really deal with the worry. You really can. There it's worry is manageable. It can be dealt with, but if it's not challenged, then it just goes crazy. Give yourself some grace too because life is hard, life is difficult, things happen, difficult things happen, and they do produce a good reason for concern and worry. And so if you are in a situation where there's something legitimately difficult, legitimately concerning, Give yourself grace, allow yourself to just experience what you're feeling and be honest about your emotion and then move forward. Then apply the practical ways you can bring peace to your worried head. And the last tip that I have for those of us who are chronic worriers is that not every single method or suggestion on how to bring peace to your head when you're in the midst of anxiety is going to work. And to just understand that. Nothing is wrong with you. it just different things work for different people, for different situations. So take a big breath. You're not weird. There's nothing wrong with you. You just are a human being. And so you're going to have to try things and see what works and what doesn't work. And when it doesn't work, don't beat yourself up. Just say, okay, the walk did not help my worry. I'm going to need to do something different. I'm going to need to call a friend and talk this out. Everybody is different. So... Be good to yourself, okay? Because if you want to do good in this world, you really have to be good to yourself first. That is true. You have to be kind and caring and compassionate to yourself first. And it's important that when you are in the midst of worry that you're not beating yourself up because that is definitely not gonna help you. Okay, those are my tips. Try them and then apply some of these practical ways that we mentioned before so that you can bring peace to your worried head. All right, smart gooders, that's all for today. If you like this episode, please go to iTunes and leave us a nice review because it makes us feel good in our hearts and also helps others find this podcast show. Until next time, go do some good in the world because Lord knows it needs it.